0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective. You know, it's funny how you can change your attitude about stuff in this hobby over time. I mean, for the longest time, I simply loathed small aquariums. And I think it's because, perhaps, for so many years as a kid, that's all I could have in my bedroom. And it wasn't until those, you know, fancy free adult years when I had my own homes that I was able to go big and set up large tanks. So that trauma of being limited to small tanks never left, I guess. That being said, my feelings about small tanks have come full circle over the years. I've come to really enjoy them for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that you can use them as a reliable and sort of easy to iterate test bed for lots of new ideas. In particular, I'm increasingly fond of shallow, wide aquariums of the small size. The unique dimensions of these tanks gives you all these interesting possibilities to create simple yet utterly fascinating displays. And of course, this makes me uh, think about some of the aquatic habitats that I'm drawn to. Like, I'm crazy about small, shallow bodies of water, so hey, these tanks are perfect, right? Especially for uh, replicating little rivulets, pools, creeks, and forest streams. The kinds which have an accumulation of leaves and botanical materials on the bottom. The envir- these environments are, you know, they're often shaded, they're loaded with twigs, and just replete with, you know, tinted water. You know, the kind where you'll find fishes. And happily, such interesting habitats exist all over the world, leaving us no shortage of inspiring places to attempt to replicate. In Africa, many of these little streams are home to some of my favorite fishes, killifishes. And as mentioned before, the little jungle streams are really shallow, cutting gently through the accumulation of leaves and forest debris. Many are just seasonal. The great Killy documenter and collector, Colonel Jorgen Scheel, precisely described the water conditions found in their habitat as rather hot, shallow, stagnant, and probably soft and acid. Aha, we know this territory, don't we? I think we do, minus, of course, the stagnant part. Not big fan of that. And I understand that this type of habitat has lots of implications for creating really cool biotope-inspired aquariums, for example, uh, an aquarium for killifish. So for the most part, these fishes are often found in very shallow jungle streams. Like how shallow? Well, reports I've seen have stated that they're as shallow as two inches. It's 5.08 centimeters. That's really shallow. Seriously shallow. And quite frankly, I call it more of a rivulet than a stream virtually still with a barely perceptible current was one description kind of makes my case what does that mean for us who keep small aquariums well gives us some inspiration right some ideas uh, for tanks that attempt to replicate and study these compelling shallow water environments no i don't expect you to set up a tank with a water level that's two inches deep i mean it would be pretty cool well for more of us perhaps three and a half to four inches is something that can work totally doable. There's some pretty small commercial aquariums that aren't much deeper than 8 inches, and you could adapt other containers for this purpose if you're really into it, right? We could do this with some very interesting South American or Asian habitats too. Shallow tanks, deep leaf litter, and even some botanicals for good measure. Fishes like dart or kerosens, uh, and the like can do very well in such conditions. In fact, many small tetras can. If you remember, we ran a very successful all-leaf litter tank with the green neon tetra a while back, and it was one of the most interesting systems I've ever played with. I only filled this tank to a depth of around 5 inches at the most, but I used a lot of leaves to cover the bottom. I used Texas live oak litter, (laughs) (laughs) nanocatapa leaves, and yellow mangrove leaves, and the result was a deeply tinted aquarium with very little in the way of vertical relief. At first, you'd think this tank would just be incredibly boring, and it wasn't. The fishes were not only stunning to look at against this interesting substrate, they displayed a remarkable set of behaviors, like a cooperative foraging among the leaves, with every individual in the shoal taking part uh, that I'd not seen before. Some would dive in and pick at something, while the remainder would sort of hold station above the leaves. This behavior had gone for hours. It was really neat to watch. I've often fantasized about how a long, shallow aquarium with just fine sand substrate and a few pieces of driftwood, perhaps an interesting habitat, you know, to replicate, would be great for like Corydoras or other small catfishes. I've seen some of the images of this habitat from our friend David Sobrey that he took in the Amazon, and they're really compelling. Even the idea of nearly a wood-free shallow, shallow stream with just riparian vegetation along the shorebanks would be really fascinating to recreate an aquarium. You know, utilizing a correctly-sized aquarium would deliver a unique look above and below the water's surface. And of course, the tropical habitats of the world don't limit you to sand and branches and leaves for your hardscape. You could also create some very interesting rock-based systems, right? You know, again, darter carassins like the chrysidium species would work in such an aquarium, as would hillstream loaches and lots of other interesting fishes in habitats designed to replicate these Asian biotopes. There's a lot of interesting stuff to take away from these habitats. Streams are really amazing habitats for us to play with. There's so much interesting stuff to take away there, it's not even funny. And there's a whole science to their structure and function that's filled with all kinds of neat stuff for an aquarium person. The definition of a stream is a body of water flowing in a channel or watercourse as a river, rivulet, or brook. And of course, these little bodies of water throw through jungle areas where they're bound to pick up some leaves, some twigs, and other plant parts as they wind along their path. Leaves are sort of the jumping off point of our botanical obsession, and they form a very important part of these, you know, stream habitats. And it's known by science that the leaf litter in the community of aquatic animals that It hosts, according to one study, are of great importance in assimilating energy from primary forest production in the Blackwater aquatic system. It also functions as a means to preserve the nutrients that would be lost to the forest, which would inevitably occur if all the material fell into the streams and was simply washed downstream. The fishes, the crustaceans, the insects that live in the leaf litter, feed on the fungi, the detritus, and the decomposing leaves themselves, and they're really important to the overall habitat. In the aquarium, leaf litter and botanicals certainly perform a similar role in helping to sequester these materials. Some leaf litter beds uh, form in what stream ecologists call meanders, which are stream structures that form when the moving water in a stream erodes the outer bank and widens its valley and the inner part of the river has less energy and deposits silt, or in our instances, leaves. There's a whole fascinating science to river and stream structure, and with so many implications for understanding how these structures and mechanisms affect fish population, occurrence, behavior, and ecology, it's well worth studying for aquarium interpretation. Did you get that part where I mentioned the lower energy parts of the watercourses tend to accumulate leaves and sediments and stuff? Yeah, it's logical, right? And it's also interesting because, as we know, fishes and their food items tend to aggregate in these areas. And embracing the theme of a leaf litter bed or even wood placement in the context of stream structure in the aquarium is kind of cool. Big takeaway here, research jungle streams and, you know, pool ecology. Study those images and the videos of these shallow natural habitats. Learn where fishes are found in them and what fishes are found in them. Try replicating those super shallow aquatic environments with nanotanks. Keep the water in the tank real shallow. Add leaves and stuff. Observe, explore, and enjoy. Stay inspired. Stay fascinated. Stay creative. Stay engaged. And always stay wet. Thank you for tuning in with me for a a little bit of your time today. I really appreciate it. This is Scott Feldman, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.